0: This podcast is Intel Enhanced. To see pictures, articles and links of what's being discussed, download the Intel app.
1: Hello,
2: welcome to the Big Scuba Show. Hi, I'm Chris Jewell and I'm with Gemma and Ian on the Big Scuba Podcast and I'm here to talk to you all about caving and cave diving. So here we
1: And good morning everybody, welcome to the Big Scuba Podcast. And this is Ian and it's five in the morning and uh, the Ford Nugget is loaded up and we're ready for another big w- scuba adventure. And I am literally just waiting on my illustrious co-host to turn up and huh, is this the sound of Gemma? Right then, bags packed, bags loaded packed. up, the Ford Transit Custom Nugget is ready rare and go but question is is my illustrious co-host ready
0: <laughs> i'm ready i'm not quite awake but i'm ready well
1: you're here that's the, the main willing thing and able. you've yeah, turned up you've turned up you've turned up right let's get going we've got about 100 and i don't know 140 miles to go so yeah. next stop stony cove Woo-hoo. hello everyone welcome back to the big scuba podcast this is episode 97 hello we get nearly to that 100
0: mark Three more to go so yeah. yeah uh
1: so uh yes you know welcome back and
0: um we're in a different location again we
1: are we are in the nugget as we are recording and uh, my daughter is here with me to take some photos hello say hello honey why hello there <laughs> thanks for that and uh so we're just doing a final recording because the nugget goes home to me.
0: Yeah, and for anybody that doesn't know what a nugget is, it's a Ford Transit custom nugget, and it's a camper van.
1: It is, and uh, it's been really great, and um, it's been in a great place to uh, camp out and uh, interview great guests, and use it as a base for diving. In
0: it's been multi-purpose, isn't it, it, it certainly
1: has been, and uh, it's been a great, great chariot. But there's more about that come too. So, if you downloaded this for the first time, and you are wondering what on earth have you downloaded? Well, yes, good big, point.
0: Big scuba podcast. <laughs> we
1: are divers. We love being under the water and we like being on the water, with paddle paddleboarding, kayaking, scuba diving and talking to great guests every week. About what they've been doing, their adventures, them exploring. And, you know, we often get kit to review and try out, hence Ford Nugget
0: full of variety we are
1: we certainly are we try to be and we try and keep it a bit different and uh, try and make it a bit fun as well
0: yeah it's not just exclusively about diving it brings a lot of people from all backgrounds and weirdly
1: we downloaded in a hundred plus countries which is amazing yeah which i always find totally amazing so uh we're waiting on a few others there's a few other countries that we're still trying to Yep. into as
0: well friends, yeah, friends. Don't,
1: don't let them escape so what's coming up on this episode we are talking to blah, 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 Chris Jewell
0: Jewel, uh, so, about
1: yep. his film and his mm-hmm. previous uh, diving and caving work
0: yeah, if you've not heard of him before he's a sort of caver explorer but he has a big connection with the Thai, thai cave rescue effort. So that's um, what he's going to talk to us about. So you might yeah. not have heard of crystal but you might have heard of the Thai cave rescue operation.
1: Yeah. Uh, we've been diving. Da-da.
0: We have, yeah.
1: Again, um, what, three weeks three on the trot? Three weeks track? on the trot,
0: yep, which is great.
1: It is. Um, also, previous episode, uh, if you haven't downloaded last week's episode, Shearwald and Simon Morris and Gabrielle Pinenda. Peneda. <laughs> even. Yeah. And... Um, and we, you know, we caught up with them to find out what's latest on the cheer waterfront. Uh, if you haven't heard that one, download that one as well. And uh, so you're keeping abreast of news,
0: yes, yeah. So it's all exciting stuff, so it
1: is. And uh, also, we've been caving, we yeah, have definitely, so we'll talk about that as well in a minute. But should we just mention, um, I think we've got a you know, the obvious the, the elephant in the room is that we're sitting in the Ford Nugget mm-hmm. very briefly. Mm -hmm. What do you think?
0: Love it. yeah. Yeah. Converted. Converted to camper van life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. uh, It
0: makes a, you know, we've proved it works as a dive vehicle as well. So we've been on a four night trip diving involved in that and that worked. And then we've been away uh, yesterday on a day trip and it worked again really great as a dive vehicle.
1: It does. And it's been well thought out. You know, we've got lots of um, images of it uh, on our social media, yeah. uh, and there'll be some videos still to come out uh, over the course of the coming days um, of the inside of the Ford Transit what, custom nugget. Yeah, and what we see. Yeah,
0: and there'll be a link in the show notes uh, to look at the Ford Nugget website in more detail, so you yeah. can see what we're talking about.
1: And thanks to uh, Honey for taking that video. Yeah. Well done. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's been great, and we also say thank you to Ford UK for given us the opportunity to test it
0: absolutely yeah, and, and it's great they've been in contact on our social media pages as well yeah. Seen our posts which yeah. Is, yeah really really good if you go
1: back to july time we had the ford raptor mm-hmm. the... Uh, on test as well we loved that mm-hmm.
0: didn't we? yep that was our foreign islands uh trip so the raptor came with us on that
1: yeah so uh, look out for that And uh, all being well uh, you know we'll be doing some more with yeah. ford mm-hmm. and uh, and other partners you know so that, that'd be really great yeah but um you know been we a love fun, it. So, fun uh, ten
0: days. Yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, hello to all you guys at Ford. Mm, absolutely. And thanks yeah. for letting us, the, giving us the opportunity. So that's really great. Um, we've got a little bit of a shout out to mm-hmm. friends at Stony Cove.
0: Stony Cove, yes. So thank you to who should we give a shout out to? Okay,
1: we've got so hello to Peter, Gary, Martin, Amy on the phones. So <laughs> uh, yeah, hello to you all you guys, and uh, thank you very much for. Supporting us as always. Yes, and, uh, and we
0: took the friendly
1: face at the mm, water yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, and it's, yeah, they're really friendly people, and uh, yeah, we appreciate all their support. And we had a great day diving.
1: Obviously, you know we love our UK diving, and there's lots of UK sites out there. If you haven't been to Stony Cove, give it a go. Go some great things. That's a great water to, to dive, and uh, especially if you're training or test a new piece of kit out, Nick Orby. So, not far from Birmingham. Right. And it's um, yeah, so really nice. And the visibility is really good as well at the yeah.
0: moment. Yeah, and it's really good for new divers like me and then the more techie people and the people on rebreathers. They were there yesterday. So yeah, it's there got is there. yeah, Aspects for all levels of diver. It
1: is yeah. yeah. Uh, last weekend we were at Bobster Key. Yep,
0: yeah, another inland site. And that was really good as well.
1: Yes, yeah, the other part of the world. So, it's on the southwest coast of the. Uh, well, not on the coast, but Southwest part yeah. of England.
0: Yeah, and that was a new inland site for you and for me. Yeah,
1: I'm not diving didn't there before. know what to expect,
0: and that was a great experience. Friendly people again, really, really great.
1: Yeah, they were, and uh, that yeah, so hello to those guys, and um, that was really nice. And got a bit of a night dive on that one, didn't we? You? Did yeah. yeah. So uh, water's cold. And was Eleven mm, degrees.
0: Yeah, a lot colder. Well, it felt a lot colder than it did yesterday. It did. It was thirteen.
1: 13 degrees yesterday, mm. wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Depth. yeah. We got
1: down to about 17? Yeah, 17 metres.
0: And it was, um, I think the coldest was 13, 12, 13 or 12 degrees. Yeah. Mm. You
1: done some more compass work?
0: Yes. Yep. So it was really good. So yeah. we saw another big fish, big
1: pike. Big pike. Yeah, we saw yeah. that near the Gresham. So, uh, um, yeah, that's, it's always nice water to go in if you particularly got something to train at. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people there yesterday, Rebreathers, twin sets, single tanks. Go through schools, London schools, and don't forget an the
0: swimmers oh. as well. Oh water yes, swimmers.
1: yes, yep. Yep. the swimmers. Yeah, yep.
0: So if you want to inland Crazy water, falls. what was it? One point two kilometres the circuit around yeah. the lake. That's yeah, great. I
1: can't believe. It. You know it's quite and yep. getting in in a swimsuit.
0: Yep. So and all those Halloween swimmers, we for our American had a great time.
1: friends, that's got to be low seventies. Yeah,
0: it's a you bit know,
1: that's EP. bracing that's going to make you nip up a bit when you get in the water and <laughs> so uh made me feel cold and i'm in a thermal demi 0 dry suit yeah. i parked up my um semi dry
0: yeah i think it's now time, i thought then.
1: about it and i thought
0: mm,
1: no i think um i think 12 degrees is probably 12 13 degrees is Enough really,
0: yeah. but there were some brave souls yesterday, and yeah, there yeah. were some
1: people in swimsuits, yeah, in well, like, and wetsuits. In wetsuits,
0: yeah, yeah, but anyway, it was a great day, and it's always a nice atmosphere at Stoney Cove, it's it just, is, uh, yeah, chilled yeah. and great relaxed.
1: facilities. They got the pub there, which does great food, you know, you've got changing rooms for when the weather's bad and if you don't have a nugget, yeah, you know, a, so uh, it's really great. It's a pub for your
0: after beer dine, there is, and, uh, yeah, yeah the food and hot and coffee. So it's all they got food.
1: fireworks as well. So if you're downloading this and you are near there, um you might be interested they've got a firework display there yeah, next weekend. Next
0: weekend yeah.
1: So you need to go to their website, I can't. It's either Friday or Saturday.
0: Yeah, I can't remember but it, it's it gonna be a couple of thousand
1: people Yeah, apparently. so uh you look out for that if you are within the area and you're looking for somewhere to go for your fireworks. Look out look at Stony Cove yeah, and absolutely. uh get your tickets, don't be disappointed.
0: So, yeah, so, great day. Had by all at Stonehenge. it totally
1: is. I want to say thank you to New Friends, the podcast. Sea uh, Monster.
0: Yep, as in C, as in the letter C. Yeah. So, um, they... Um, appeared i think i found them on social media and they make this amazing hanger so it's um predominantly for kind of wetsuit or semi dries yeah. uh, that you hang your wetsuit on but you can also put your hood and your boots on as well, and gloves yeah. there as well which is really useful so because it's always like where do you put it
1: it's pretty cool off? actually because that's another use that you know what do you do with all this recycled plastic and you know mm. essence- else Yeah, you know, using that. Up.
0: Yeah, so, so we into
1: hangers. we've been Why sent not?
0: to and uh, we're going to unbox them and put them to the test.
1: Yeah, we'll so. be using them, and uh, think about what I'm going to be doing with my wetsuit and dry suit. You know, over the over the coming winter period. You know, mm. I do like to have it all rolled up in the bag. I prefer no, to have it.
0: Those people hung do different out, things. Really, mm. You know,
1: get the air into it yeah, over the winter. Yeah. Plus, you know, winter coming, I think about servicing are you going to get your dry suit serviced are you going to get your reg serviced? are you going to get your bcd service so start thinking about that start thinking about talking to your local dive center about getting them serviced mm. if you haven't done already because do list. some manufacturers they'll need a few weeks so build that in
0: mm-hmm. yeah so put it on your to-do list that's another thing to get sorted through the winter no it, yeah.
1: it definitely is um so Really, apart from that, the other thing I wanted to say as well is um, what we like to say and ask is don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to uh, comment and don't forget to leave us a review. Mm. You know, the way with iTunes work, it works a lot with people, you know, spreading the word with reviews, Um, you know, and we need our listeners to do that regularly. Um, So it just helps. You know it helps the algorithm gets you know find us when people are thinking well you know, have a look for uh, is there any dive in podcasts out there so.
0: Yeah. yeah, so hopefully um and then we are on our social media platforms facebook's um Instagram, twitter, LinkedIn so you can contact us yeah. there as well or leave comments yeah and we'll respond we
1: have tried the Patreon route it didn't really work for us, so all our episodes are free and they'll be remaining free. We do have a Patreon site, which is you know it's, it's out there, uh, and we do have Patreon to you know very lovely, uh, yeah, we'll gener- very generously support us, you know a little bit, and that's great. Um, so if you do want to, for the price of a cup of coffee, you know, uh, support us and make more of these episodes, that would be really great, you know. But you don't have to; it's absolutely fine. Yeah, you know. um, we we enjoy doing this as well. You know, and we've we've got great relationships and. Uh, with diving community who do support us, we find their products, not financially. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, we just so want to make that clear as well.
0: Just to say thank you to them as well. Yeah,
1: so, absolutely. So uh, thank you very much. Very much.
0: Thank you. Right, we better. Chris Jewell. Yes. Um, so Chris Jewell, he joined us in the Nugget, didn't he? He yeah, <laughs> yeah, He was yeah. our first um on-location guest. So yeah. we picked him up in the Nugget and sat him down. Um, midway up Cheddar's
1: Gorge <laughs> and this makes actually a good place to record and interview doesn't it probably
0: yeah good sound space so it's yeah. really good yep so it's a really interesting talking to Chris and uh, he kind of inspired us to go camping the day after didn't he he did so we need yeah. to give a shout out to uh, the Wookiee whole wild experience
1: absolutely so we need to say um, thank you for looking after us we need to say Thank you to Craig. Craig. and Becca. And Becca, so yeah. uh, thank you very much. Uh, Chris was not there. Oh, no, he's, he's another instructor. He's the other instructor, a yeah. part of the team. Um, you know, But if you are looking for things to do... In well,
0: that area. I can't
1: recommend it enough, to be honest. That, that was great fun. And it's the right level of being challenged, if that yeah. makes sense.
0: Yeah, if you're expecting just to walk around in caves and... Maybe so, get muddy shoes,
1: yeah. then it's, completely... it's more than that. Um, what do you reckon? Fancy you fancy going caving?
0: I not mind it, yeah. There we go. Yeah, so we had to crawl a bit through some quite tight holes in the caves, didn't we? we? did,
1: yeah. Actually, I actually got stuck on the hips. <laughs> it's quite I funny. Thought, uh, I'm going to have to back up here and try again. All um, I saw was
0: your backside was all the time. I <laughs> swear.
1: We're in, we're in Red Arrow jumpsuit suits, which I thought was quite cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, So uh, with, there was ab sailing. the
1: Red Arrows know that we've got their, that, <laughs> their, they, suits,
0: they've yeah. got
1: their jumpsuits.
0: Anyway, we did ab sailing, yeah. didn't
1: we? We did. Yeah. And um, there's a 10 meter and then a 25
0: meter. Yeah, 25 and 28 meter down. A, that was a they
1: look river. after you. I've got to say, you know, you never, you know, there's that right level of challenge where you feel like, you know, I've got something here, but then you're never too far away from help. They're they're always there. Yeah,
0: they're there keeping. Good they're job. not
1: like mother cotton you to like. No. Oh, no, you know, and it's not a breeze either.
0: No, no. So go if you go, you're going to be um, physically challenged in a good way. I think. You yeah, can say.
1: yeah. But there was there's been people in their seventies and eighties. Yes,
0: I think it was an eighty five year old. It. Uh, was it eighty five or eighty three? Yeah. uh Young man had (laughs) gone through. just
1: want to be clear, you know, it's not like, oh my God, you you know, you've got to be super fit to do it. It's not like that at all.
0: But it was a great introduction to thinking what caving might be like. And I think, you know, we're quite keen to try it again, aren't we? Oh,
1: definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'd like to, actually. That that was really good fun.
0: And as the UK have got such, well, a lot of keen, uh, well, cavers that have then turned into cave divers, um the previous guests, Michael and Rob Thomas. Uh, they're quite regular visitors at the cave system where we went.
1: They're yeah, part of the cave diving group.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Uh, Chris Jewell is member of the, um, is
0: the cave council. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, you know, and there's a lot of pride and there's in the work that they do. Uh, they're recognised throughout the world uh, for some of the the, the mm. top uh, people in cave diving in the in the world yeah uh for the skills that they got you know and um when you listen to the interview it's very clear that you know chris knows his strengths knows his weaknesses Mm. knows not you know how far to take that
0: yeah everything is more you know it's not just the doing it's the logistics and the planning and yeah the contingencies that they build into it so they're big projects that take a long time to organize and when you
1: listen to um, chris talk it's no surprise that people like chris um you know the other team who were who went from the uk mm. to rescue those boys um it's no wonder that they were you know asked because they're you know, experts because of film. their expertise mm. you
0: know? yeah and that's why um they've made a film about it national geographic yeah. and even ron howard has made a like blockbuster hopefully yeah
1: movie. so there's two films coming yeah. out isn't there? so there's the one would run with um called the rescue the rescue which is produced by national geographic yeah that yeah. comes out out again. now yeah it yeah. came out
0: friday and then um yeah there's one due to come out next year yeah that is more um obviously not got the original characters in they are actors
1: <laughs> yeah Hollywood, hollywood's version <laughs> so
0: of so chris Stewart has yeah. been um yeah he's actor
1: So you need to listen to this to hear what Chris Buell thinks of the Hollywood version Mm. and the National Geographic. Yeah, Yeah, but
0: go along and see the the rescue and uh, let us know what you think.
1: Definitely, yeah. So, um, I think that's it. So... You know, this is us talking Chris Jewel yep. in the Ford Transit
0: Nugget.
1: Yeah. Let us know what you
0: think. So, we are on the Big Scoob podcast and we have a guest today called Chris Jewel. Uh, we're recording this in Cheddar Gorge. And
1: we're actually face to face with a guest. Yeah. In our Ford Nugget. Yes.
0: <laughs> so, we're on location today, so it's a bit of a different podcast. So We're, we're
1: halfway up one of the, uh, would you
2: c- the hills. This is the, this is the largest limestone gorge in the UK. Yeah. So, yeah, so, we're surrounded by uh, limestone, which is the rock in which caves form. Uh, in this country and all over the world mm-hmm. uh, so yeah we're surrounded by caves some that yep. are known and some that are unknown yep. um, so the caves are yet to be found yeah
1: and i'm pretty sure we'll be surrounded by tourists as well oh uh, yes absolutely we, yeah as there park that
0: yeah so there'll be, a few, there'll be a bit of traffic noise but that's all
2: part of the experience <laughs> it is so
1: what do you think to the ford nugget then this is pretty cool isn't
2: it yeah yeah, yeah I re- i'm really into vans we really like, like vans um myself and my wife have vans van as, ourselves yeah um, van life. Driving. Van life yeah um, it's great uh, you know be able to take your dive kit with you um, you know chance to stay away in yeah. the van which is pretty cool as well we've got the pop top up in here yeah so nice bit of space above us looks yeah. very comfy and of course a chance to get changed in your van when yes. it's inclement weather or oh. British diving's like so yeah. at your dive site you can get changed in your van and stay out in the rain <laughs> so no I think it's great
0: yeah and for storing dive gear it's great you yeah. just put all the wet stuff on the floor and
1: it's yeah you can easily clean it which is great yeah well Christy we want to say thank you very much for joining us on the Big Scuba Podcast it's really great you know that you've uh, spared us a little bit of time uh, and we want to hear all about your diving and obviously you've been involved in uh, many great things uh, over the last oh 10 20 years, or whatever, and uh, it'd be really good to hear some of your history. And particularly, you know, how did you get into diving? What who inspired you to start and go, Right, I want to do this diving? like
2: that's interesting. So, I actually started diving in 2002. Yeah. I was at university and I was part of the uh, University Military Cadets. Oh, right. And as part of that, they gave us the option to learn to dive. Yeah. so it was a BZAC. Um, a course that I did uh, down in Fort Bovisand, uh, down in Plymouth. Um, so did the did the course. Thought this is pretty good, um, yeah. and they actually uh, made it po- possible for us to go on that Red Sea liverboard. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, so thank you very much to the uh, the British <laughs> military, um, going on that Red Sea liverboard, and that kind of changed my life, I suppose. So um, I found you know discovered the, the sport of diving yeah. um, after getting really into diving through, um, through the army cadets. Uh, actually, I'm still at university, and the following term when I went back, one of my friends said to me, hey, what about trying the caving club? And I thought, well, that's kind of, kind of different. So I actually started diving first, yeah. then I tried the caving club, um, and I really got hooked on caving. And I kept the two sports very separate for mm. quite a number of years. And then, um, it was in 2006 actually, I'd um, done quite a bit of diving. I'd actually been out to uh, the Costa del Sol, and I'd worked as a dive guide. Then I'd done my uh, Paddy IDC, and gone up to the ranks and become a, a paddy instructor. So I was, you know, p- passionate about my diving and really enjoying diving. But I'd also kept the caving going at the yeah. same time. So the two sports running. You must in have been parallel, doing a
1: lot of diving then.
2: I was doing a lot. Of, so out in out in Costa Sol, I was I was working working as a dive guide, working as a dive master. Yeah. And then um, yeah, you know, take, taking tourist diving, you know, in, in the Costa Sol and Gibraltar, looking at the wrecks there. Uh, and did a whole kind of season. So, did out there. you
1: thought when you started your diving, and you know, and uh, you know, the army cadets that got you started, was you you thinking that you were going to have a military career? No, no, not at all. No,
2: so the, the army cadets was something great to do at weekends, and uh, you know, a great great social group to be part of whilst at yeah. university. So it was purely a bit of fun. I never thought that it would take me into a sport, of, no. a, you know, another sport, a sport yeah. of diving didn't think that would you know, necessarily I didn't imagine that would connect with me and you know found I loved that yeah um and just kept that going and you know yeah like I say, eventually chose to go out to Spain and I think to you know to go and live somewhere and dive somewhere and sort of work in the world of diving is really interesting mm. allowed me to understand a little bit about what it's like to be a as you you know professional diver to be involved in running a, yeah. a, a dive center and, and see what that's like and taking tourist diving yeah. and holidaymakers yeah. diving So that was fascinating.
0: Yeah, we haven't heard about much about the Costa del Sol for diving. It's not somewhere that we've heard about.
2: No, so it's good diving, is it? I I, I think. I think what's interesting is dive centres spring up anywhere where there's uh, (laughs) the seaside, (laughs) there's coast, there's (laughs) obviously diving. So I don't know the Costa del Sol's fantastic. I I wouldn't say it's probably going to be ranked up there in terms of the height Mm -hmm. of European uh, diving destinations. Um, Gibraltar, however, has some fantastic wreck diving. So actually, what we tend to do is drive from um, Marbella uh, where uh, where the dive centre was based and we did a lot of trips yeah. um, in and around uh, Gibraltar and the wrecks there cool. so that was fantastic so yeah, yeah I, got, I really got hooked on on diving and uh, and just a love of being you know underwater. Yeah, yeah. and
0: then your cavings um, that was just dry caving that's right yeah. 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 yeah
2: yeah so I was so I would say I was doing both these sports in parallel yeah. <laughs> um, and I was obviously getting uh, quite experienced when it came to, to doing dives or doing a lot of dives anyway um they were obviously very straightforward kind of dive rod and technical dives but at the same time i was uh really enjoying and really obsessed with and absolutely loving dry caving mm-hmm. so i had both these sports going in parallel with the idea that eventually i combine them um and after i came back from um uh, you know becoming an instructor um out in marbella um i came back to the uk i got a got a I quite say proper job but I got an office job yeah. um, which actually kind of allowed me to spend some money on diving kit which is kind of important yeah. um, and I realised that what I wanted to do was keep diving as a fun hobby mm-hmm. rather than become a job um, and I wanted to combine it with the dry caving that I was still passionate about doing yeah. so yeah. in 2006 I bought my kind of sets of technical gear and um, yeah combined the combined the two sports because a lot of people
1: either when they uh, train as an instructor they kind of go that way and kind of stay that way a lot don't they or as they'll spend their career on uh, dive guiding and uh, somewhere like in Thailand or whatever uh, Malaysia doing dive boats and managing a dive boat but you kind of then thought well you've done that and that was really good and then went this cave side and you say like the science sort of side as well there's there's a, a you know there's quite a it's quite involved isn't it you you t- you've taken the tech diving to the extremes you know uh, and pushed the boundaries um, and it's was it have you always thought that, that you would be uh you know you want to do that and see how far you could push it
2: yeah so so the thing that has always excited me about cave diving is the chance to explore caves yeah and the chance to uh, you know lay line into previously unexplored um, underwater passages yeah um, in the UK actually most cave divers are cavers first and then cave divers second right so actually the diving's about using um, well, diving is a tool to pass an obstacle the obstacle being the underwater mm. flooded passage and so I'm using diving kit to get through what we call these sumps these uh, small underwater passages to surface and find hopefully some new dry cave yeah so as a cave explorer that's really exciting me was the idea of finding new cave, either above water or, or, yeah. or below water. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing that's really hooked me into into the sport of yeah. cave diving.
0: Some people might find like going into caves because they're dark, no light, would be quite claustrophobic. So how do you view that? Because it's quite a big thing isn't it, going into the dark, not knowing where you're going as well?
2: as part part of the uh part of the excitement yeah. and part of what appeals to, mm-hmm. to me and I see caves as a as a wonderful physical as well as sort of mental challenge yeah. so working out um, what's involved and what's necessary to explore and visit a, a flooded cave yeah. right so in terms of the equipment that you need, the diving equipment that you need as well as the other logistical challenges you've got to overcome to to go and dive through mm-hmm. and most of the caves that I tend to dive in are are not straightforward to to reach the it's not straightforward to reach the dive site so um, rather than, you know, drive up in your van and kind of pull up and find a nice pool that you kind of dive in off you go into a cave. Yeah. Most of the caves in the UK involve actually carrying your equipment underground for an extended period. Yeah. So there's a whole series, series of logistics to think through. And I find that, that those logistics quite interesting. I find the planning and the coordination, mm. I find the, the problem solving yeah. aspect to cave diving. And this wouldn't really be just you, then. this
1: would be a team of people there'll be a few people of you having these meetings and discussing about how you're going to do it
2: so, so a lot of UK cave a lot of UK cave diving a lot of underwater exploration in the UK is done as solo dives Okay. so yes I will work with other people we'll you know, team up and perhaps there'll be a team of divers and we'll take it in turns to go into the water over successive trips mm-hmm. um, but actually quite a lot of the exploration dives that have been done in the UK have been done as, as solo ventures and that's because very often it, the visibility is so poor underwater in the UK that having another person there when you're actually trying to explore and lay line right. doesn't really help. Um, right. That person could get in the way actually. Yeah. Yeah. So we're used to being very self-sufficient and dive do a lot of solo diving. Yeah.
0: And it must be quite physically challenging. You've got to be physically fit. You...
2: Yes, and I yeah. think yeah, absolutely. And I, <laughs> I think that's also part of the appeal. I, I enjoy you know I enjoy keeping mm. fit. I enjoy going out and working hard. Um, there's a, sen- a tremendous sense of satisfaction from doing a tough caving trip, um, and we come out at the end of that tough caving trip and going to the pub and feeling good about yourself mm. um, that you've done it. Yeah, well,
1: you were telling us, us that you cycle up here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we've got some goats. We've got yeah. some, we have sheep uh, just <laughs> outside, and uh, but you, you know we've been up with some serious, serious uh, steep roads here. Yeah it's unbelievable that you cycle up here
2: yeah know? this is just a, this is a regular cycle route I'll yeah. pop out and do this in the, in the afternoon it's not, I don't it's know not, what we'd be like not, at the end of it puffing <laughs> and puffing puffing
1: and puffing I can tell you
2: not, not as bad as it looks um but yeah I, I love my cycling as well That's, yeah uh, but and that is a really good way fit. of keeping fit isn't it it is cycling's great yeah. for keeping fit I think it's important as a diver to, to keep fit and look after yourself definitely yeah, yeah. um so yeah, you know, I like to work hard play hard um, you know, like to you know, do do lots of cycling, stay fit, enjoy my diving, and then I can have a few beers and treat myself as well. Well, right?
0: exactly, it's a balance, isn't it? Exactly.
2: So, how
1: about your wife? You know, what does she think about all this? Does she ever join you on a, any of these expeditions? Yeah,
2: absolutely. So, yeah. um, that's how that's how we met. Yeah. Um, my wife Laura is a caver and cave diver. Oh, brilliant! Um, so yeah, we met um on a caving weekend. Yeah. And yeah, we've done a lot oh, of caving great. and cave diving together. Um, in fact, this morning, um, whilst I've come up here to talk to you guys, she's going to go off caving. Really? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So, uh, she's going to one of the local caves, Sordans Hole, um, with some friends. Yeah. So, yeah, she's going to have a day, a, a, a morning caving. That's amazing, yeah.
0: yeah. And to, you know, you have to share that passion as well. It's just uh, And it's on your doorstep
2: yeah. as well. Yeah. And she
1: understands, you know, uh, where if somebody wasn't, uh, you know, into diving or caving, they might, you know... Uh, well, well, they wouldn't understand, would they? You know what you what you deal with, and understand that you're really good at what you do, and it's okay, you know. And um, it's good that you know she does do, do that, and yeah. understands. She,
2: so. she she understands the risks. She yeah. understands the rewards. She understands what wanna get out of it, um, and a lot of our friends are in the world of mm. caving and cave diving, so that kind of helps as well. So yeah. I guess we're part of this extended community here in particularly in the Mendip Hills where well, there's yeah. lots of cavers yeah. and cave divers you know, mm. living in relatively close proximity. I mean, you know, lots of people who've moved here to be part of the kind of caving scene yeah. like we have.
0: Yeah. So did caving then become your career? So you said about an office job. So has it...
2: No, no. no. So actually, and I, and I think it's interesting, um, I suppose at various points I've been at a bit, of a, a bit of a crossroads where I might have chosen to you know turn diving or, or, mm. or caving or cave diving into my career. But I've chosen to stay... Uh, so the company that I've been working for, for um, Crikey, it's gonna be coming up to 16 years in January. Um, so I'm an IT consultant by, by profession. And actually I find the fact that I've got a um, a career that's very different to my hobby, mm. fantastic. I think, you know, I can sort of, I think if you, there's a danger maybe that if you turn the thing that you love into work you might not love it quite yeah. so much yeah all right so actually it gives me a bit of balance gives me a bit of escapism a bit something's a bit different to a bit do of a normal life a bit of a normal life yeah. i can go to go to go to the office <laughs> not that we go to the office very often anymore Now i do a lot of remote work but i can um, go to the office and be part of this fantastic company that's very successful and have a successful uh, kind of professional career involved in the corporate world that i'm involved in mm-hmm. and then i can have my hobbies and my passions which are caving and cave diving and the two don't have to necessarily Crossover. I've got the time and resources and and kind of funds to fund the caving and diving hobby and obsession, right? So I think it's nice to be able to do both things. Yeah, it
1: is.
0: And you're exactly right. You know, one could compromise the other if you merge the two. Yeah. Yeah. Then you'd lose your magic. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting.
1: So um, you won an award. Not sorry. You were given an award a while back, wasn't you? um, For
0: do with your Thai Obviously do with my Thailand rescue. cave, yeah, rit- yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so from that, obviously we know about the Thai rescue, uh, the caving situation with the children, but were you called on because of your expertise within the cave diving world?
2: So I'm part, as, as a caver and cave diver, I'm also uh, a member of the British Cave Rescue Council, okay, which is the governing body for cave rescue, I mm-hmm. suppose is the right way of describing it. And I'm an officer on that council, and the diving officer to advise the other people on that uh, council who aren't necessarily divers um, uh, about cave diving.
0: Yeah.
2: And as part of that, and I guess throughout the other diving that I've done in the UK, I know uh, Rick Stanton, John Valanthor, and Jason Manson very well. I've done a lot of diving um, with them, and it's always been the case that um, there's been a number of incidents where. Um, Rick and John and Jason have been asked to go overseas to help with uh, foreign rescues or mm-hmm. in some cases, sadly, bod- body recoveries. Um, and, um, you know, throughout going on those, on those rescues, they built up their credibility as a team that could be called on in the event of an emergency. So when uh, the situation developed in Thailand, when the boys were found missing mm-hmm. and everybody assumed they were trapped in this, in this cave, um, Rick and John flew out to Thailand quite quickly. And I was back in the UK um, both advising the British Cave Rescue Council, uh, the, other, the other sort of council members, uh-huh. on what was going on, as well as trying to field media requests um, and uh, give interviews, because obviously everyone was really interested in this developing story mm. uh, in Thailand. And when, of course, Rick and John found those boys mm. trapped inside the cave, you know, the world went crazy. Everybody wanted to speak to them and wanted to speak to the British Cave Rescue Council, <laughs> so I was given lots of interviews. Uh, and at the same time, being on standby to go out and join them with with Jason, yeah, um, wow. and then myself and Jason joined them to be part of the team that obviously brought the boys out successfully.
0: Yeah. So time scale wise, from sort of getting it all starting to the rescue, what time scale was that?
2: So I guess I probably joined uh, Rick and John out in Thailand after about a week. They'd been out mm-hmm. in Thailand about a week. Um, they lost a few days at the beginning because they couldn't even get into the cave because the amount of flood water yeah. uh, that was there. And then um, after they located the boys, there were a few days when decisions were being made about how they might try and get the boys out and various attempts were being put together to try and um, mm-hmm. see if they could rescue them. And then when it became clear that Rick and John were going to be very much at the forefront leading the, the rescue effort and actually trying to bring the boys out, they realised they wanted some extra divers. Um, they knew Jason and, and, and myself um, pretty well, uh, so they called us out to be part of the team mm. to help bring the boys out. Yeah.
1: Nice. And that was a great ending wasn't it you know so uh, so that yeah. that was good
2: obviously yeah i mean yeah. an in- an incredible story an unprecedented situation yeah uh, in terms of that many people being trapped that far into a cave
0: so how, what was the actual distance from and depth yeah.
2: so uh from the from the outside it was about um sorry i'll, I'll It's about, from the outside, it's about 800 metres of relatively straightforward show cave to navigate to where the diving began in a chamber called Chamber 3. So all the various chambers were kind of numbered by the the rescuers. But from Chamber 3 to the end of the cave uh, where the boys were located, uh, that was a kilometre and a half of distance to travel. And about 50% of that distance was um, completely submerged. And about 50% of the time, we were swimming on the surface of an underground river, and so we're swimming upstream, fighting against the current. Wow, yeah, It's yeah. quite extreme. So yeah. A really, it's a, yeah, a really long distance. You know, people have been brought out of flooded caves. Uh, you know, non-divers have been brought out of flooded caves before. It's yeah. not very rare. It's extremely, extremely uncommon. Um, but in all those cases, it's been tens of meters that the, uh, that the casualties have had to be carried. Yeah. Mm. And here they were being carried. Well, yeah, a kilometre and a half, effectively. Um, through um, some very difficult terrain, lots yeah. of narrow passages, lots of small spaces, uh, terrible visibility where you could typically not see your hand in front of your face. So yeah, yeah some some pretty extreme tough cave Had diving Had these caves
1: been uh, charted before? Had they been mapped at all?
2: Yeah absolutely. So um, as cavers we're all obsessed with finding cave and mapping caves, one of the things yeah. that we do. And this part of uh, Thailand, northern, northern Thailand, um, uh, near Chiang Rai, um, has been uh, visited by lots of cavers for many decades who've successfully explored and mapped these caves. Okay, right. And actually this particular cave, Tam Luang, have been visited quite recently by a chap called Vern Unsworth. Right. Now Vern is a British expat who lives an, out in this part of Thailand. He lives there because he's obsessive and yeah. um, passionate about caving. <laughs> and cave exploration. He lives there so that he can be part of expeditions and teams that, that come over to map and explore the caves. So Vern actually was an expert on Tam Luang. Right. He knew all these passages very well. There were surveys and maps produced that could say where the cave went. Mm. Um, but of course, no one, no one had ever visited these caves when they're completely submerged. So Vern could tell us what the chambers would look like when they were empty. Yeah but nobody had any idea what it would be like to be in there when they were completely flooded mm. and of course with this very fast flowing river yeah. underground as well it was completely unexpected yeah
0: amazing so and then from that films have been made
1: now so yeah.
2: yeah yeah yeah, absolutely so uh, due out in a few days time um so there's previews on the 26th of october and then general release on the 29th of october for a national geographic documentary called the rescue Yeah. Um, so that's really exciting. So I got to see a screening a few months back. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Um that was that was very, very good. So I'm looking forward to seeing the final version uh, in a few days' time. Yeah. I'm really quite excited about that. I bet. And and yeah, you know, and as a documentary, that's very much us telling our story yeah. uh to so the British divers, um, in our own words um so i think that's really good and that means you know the the story is is going to be yeah absolutely true to true to how it was how it really was for us and i think it's going to be about our experiences um not just in doing the diving and in thailand but the background to what cave diving the kind of cave diving we do mm. is like so yeah it's certainly going to put uh British cave diving and the style of cave diving we have in this country which is muddy and a bit muddy and a bit <laughs> tough sometimes it's gonna gonna put that on the big screen and under the spotlight yeah, so it's, that's it's good isn't
0: it because it's it might open people's eyes again to yeah. it, literally what we have got in this country so do
2: you think that'll boost uh people now
1: once they've seen the film they'll think right what's this cave diving business about you know how do i get you know how do i get involved and things like do you think you'll suddenly get an influx of people who want to be interested that
2: will be that will be interesting i don't know if it's going to have that kind of effect on on the world of of cave diving it's certainly um it's certainly not designed to be a a kind of advertisement for for cave diving yeah um you know i think given given the tough conditions we were in yeah um it's unlikely to, to kind of act like that but i think it will hopefully but you know what Maybe it won't be this advertisement for lots of people to take up the sport cave diving, but it might speak to one or two people yeah. who become the next, you know, Rick Stanton, the next Chris yeah. next John yeah. Brandon, whatever it is, right it takes that's takes it
0: onto another level, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah,
2: exactly. And I think, you know, so we're not probably expecting mass appeal in terms of recruiting new cave divers, um, but if it speaks to those one or two special people out there mm. yeah. that that maybe um, you know, We'll get hooked on the idea of becoming a cave diving Absolutely. explorer yeah. maybe it will encourage a few people into the sport of caving yeah. um, you know and the sport of caving let alone cave diving sport of caving in the UK is fantastic it's a great way to uh, visit the countryside a great way to uh, meet a wonderful community of people mm. much like the diving community you know, it's fantastic yeah. Um, yeah. to meet and engage with other people through your sport and your passion uh, and the sport of caving in the UK is uh, fantastic. So you know, maybe it'll get a few people into into caving, and maybe then, if they're the right kind of people, and they've got a head for it, they'll get into this. I noticed. Caving. I don't know if you
1: noticed yesterday. There was a guy uh, diving at Vobster, and he had the caving hat on. Right. Yeah. Could, yeah, yeah. Caving helmet with light and whatever. Yeah. A uh, red, a red one. Did you see? Did you see?
2: No. Yeah. So, so that's qu- that's quite common to go to our local dive site, uh, which is Vobster <laughs> Key. Yeah. Um, and lots of people who are members of the cave diving group here. Lots of people who are cave divers. Will go to Vobster to train with their equipment and practice. Right. It's yeah. so the, okay, yeah. the perfect environment to practice yeah. uh, with your cave diving kit. Yeah. Um, you know, There's a lot of twin setters
1: and rebreathers. Uh, yes. There, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very popular. Yeah, it's I a good. F- it's a
2: great tech venue. Yeah. I
1: felt I
0: was the only girl. At one point. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was a couple. <laughs> there were a couple. There were a couple
2: yeah. other ladies there, weren't there?
0: Yeah, but it's just you know there should be more, shouldn't there? It's yeah. Just a, yeah, yeah, which is yeah.
2: To encourage that. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and even you know if there are divers out there, maybe caving is another hobby to you know look at because they are kind it, of interlinked. It, aren't they? It's worked it's
2: both ways. So um, we've successfully recruited people into the sport of caving who've been started out as divers. So yeah. it does work both ways. Absolutely. Yeah um and lots of people who are interested in cave diving in the uk realize that if they want to do cave diving in the uk they're going to have to learn those caving skills Mm. so people that have come from a diving background have thought actually i want to learn about the sport of caving and yeah we've got lots of recruits uh, to the sport of caving because they've realized that that's important and you know what they turn up turns out they love it and then as you say they've then got a second sport they can do um sport that uh, they yeah. can enjoy as well.
0: So if people wanted to kind of look into the caving, is there like an association? Where there is,
2: could... yeah, the British Caving Association mm-hmm. is a national governing body uh, for caving in the UK. Yeah. Uh, British Caving Association has a website and uh, various uh, places online, you can find lists of caving clubs uh, in the UK. Most of the caving in the UK happens on the west side of the country where the limestone hills are. So where we are at the moment on the Mendip Hills in Somerset. Uh, In South Wales, there's lots of fantastic caves. Uh, There's caves in the Peak District, um, in around Derbyshire. Go further up north, you go up to either North Wales, there's a few caves there, or up to probably what's probably the premier caving uh, region of the UK, which is the Yorkshire Dales. Yeah. so wow. some fantastic hanging out there so if you live in any of those areas or you know, don't mind travelling a little bit there's some absolutely fantastic opportunities to go do you think there's any in the
1: Norwich areas there? no, there's not,
0: area,
2: no. No, 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 not
0: there's so Grimes much. Graves at Setford but they're like man dug
1: and right? tin mines I think there's some old tin mines yeah, I think but, but not not caves yes. right. well
2: there's an interesting crossover a lot of people who are into cave diving of course look for venues to go and do that yeah. sometimes it can yeah. be tough to find a venue but actually if you think then about mines there's a yeah. lot of crossover with mine diving yeah. so I've yeah. done a fair bit of mine diving over the years as well mainly when I've been looking for Is somewhere there much to go on a, down there? in caves or mines or in both? mines in my, so in mines you typically get some um, uh, old artefacts right. some old mining artefacts that can be quite interesting so when you find the rails from a mine cart oh, okay. so you can right, follow yeah, along yeah. Um, or occasional old mine cart, um, you know, bits of spade and kind of digging tools at the minute left along. <laughs> so I mean, mine diving's fascinating for those reasons because yeah. of the artifacts. But mine diving has its own challenges, and particularly the safety Collapses, and stability of of the rock. Yeah. yeah. So it's mm-hmm. rock that you know has been dug out by hand, and maybe those roofs have been propped up with you know bits of wood and and uh, stuff that's now gently rotting Crossing underwater. Away. Yeah. underwater. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, mine diving should be treated yeah. with a lot of caution. The visibility in a mine can be spectacular when you first get there. Oh, it looks fantastic. But as soon as you uh, touch the sediment on the floor in that mine, it can very, very quickly reduce to absolute zero. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they have got their own challenges, but again, extremely rewarding, beautiful sights And it's about taking this, uh, this skill, this tool of diving and using it to explore other interesting places. Yeah. Right? Mm. So, you know, you're taking the uh, diving equipment and deploying it and, and getting it underwater and, Taking it off and to, to see a, you know, an, an, well, an old mine. Yeah, yeah. I was reading Oscar. somewhere
1: that you were looking into um, and uh, for joining two or three mine, uh, two or three caves to f- form and do the longest dive in the UK, longest cave dive in
2: the UK. What you're probably thinking about is um, uh, I did this recently. So um, up in the Yorkshire Dales, there is a very long cave system um called the three counties cave system right it runs from uh, yorkshire under lancashire and comes up in cumbria wow. um or actually there's many many caves that are, that are in those three counties which have now been connected mm. the project to connect those caves has taken many many decades so the idea of this three Counties system was first theorized back in 1968 Okay, so people were thinking about the possibility of there being a system that would, would cover these three counties for a very long time. In 2011, the final missing piece of the jigsaw was put into place. So cavers... Uh, but how
1: do you know? Because it's when you're exploring these caves, are, are you using technology to map? Yeah,
2: absolutely. So, so, so what do you use? Okay, so so all these caves that I've been talking about have been mapped successfully. I want to talk about mapping. The people are um, literally measuring um, underground, they're measuring from point to point. We use a compass, so you get an angle, so you get a bearing for the direction Mm -hmm. of the cave. And we also use something called a clinometer, which measures uh, the angle of inclination, so how steep the passage is, whether it's going directly up or directly down or anything in between. Yeah. By then plotting the distances between these points, you've got the bearing, you've got the angle up and down, you can produce a sort of model of the cave system that has what we call a centre line. So a single line which follows all the cave passages. And if you do that on a massive scale for lots and lots of caves, you can then plot those cave surveys together and you can realise that, hang on a second, we've got a cave system over here. looks like it's going to join to a cave system over here. We've got another couple of caves in the middle here. They currently... Uh, end at difficult obstructions but it looks like they might connect to these caves yeah. and by plotting all these cave systems together people realised that there was the possibility to have a system that would span these three counties yeah. Um, so yeah since 1968 people have been linking these cave systems together and in 2011 the final link was made it was a dry caving link um, and it was made by cave diggers digging their way through uh, a boulder collapse, it's a rock collapse, moving, moving rocks um, by hand for many many months, um, I can say I wasn't part of this this effort uh, at this time. Um, this was all going on. Uh, what I was down in Mendip, they were up uh, mm. up in the dales uh, digging their way through these caves. Wow. Um, but finally connected these caves together. But some of the connections are underwater connections. Some of them re- require diving to to kind of go through. And people hadn't really thought about uh, or, or hadn't really planned to try and traverse from one end of the system the other end. So although these caves were all joined, the idea of actually going in the furthest, uh, going to the cave at the furthest end and coming out at the other end, wasn't really high on anybody's list of priorities. I was well that's kind of tough. It's gonna be very difficult to do. There'd be a lot of work to reconnect some of these caves that hadn't been visited for, in some cases for 20 or 30 years. So
0: they might have got blocked. They could get blocked again,
2: or certainly the lines, the dive lines that are installed would get washed out. Mm. So the idea of really, doing this Grand Traverse hadn't really gained much traction. People have been talking about it, but no one had really sat down and thought we'd want to do yeah. this Grand Traverse. Then with uh, the difficulty that we've had with traveling overseas recently um, because of the pandemic, uh, yeah. there's been a lot of focus on doing more things at home. Yeah. And so at the beginning of the, the summer this year, uh, some people started to put together a team to attempt this Grand Traverse, to attempt the Grand Traverse of the three-county system. We knew that it would take many months of effort uh, reconnecting these caves, relining and reinstalling the dive line that had mm. been you know, installed, say, 30 years ago in some cases, that would no doubt be, be washed out. Yeah. All the divers wanting to do a traverse would have to familiarise themselves uh, with the route. We'd have to uh, install ropes and rig all the cave entrances. And would have to stage and set up lots of equipment at various points. So it took many, many months of doing (laughs) this. Uh, Lots of planning, lots of logistics, which I like. So I enjoy the logistics. Lots of cups of tea. Lots of of pouring over maps and and kind of thinking through plans and reading old dive reports to work out how to do this. Um, But earlier this year, well, in September, the end of September, uh, we finally attempted the the trip. And myself and Jason Mallinson, talked about Jason, who was also out in Thailand with me, um, we managed to complete the Grand Traverse wow. of the three county system with a huge support team. So there were something like forty-five cavers involved in supporting us um, over the weekend.
0: So how long did it take from entry to exit?
2: It took us seventeen and a half hours. So <laughs> we went in on Saturday morning, uh, and we came out at about uh, four thirty on uh, four thirty in the morning on Sunday morning. Oh. So and that was
0: continuous movement.
2: Pretty quite continuous. So. Yeah. Um, we had to change our equipment um, and what we were wearing five times throughout the trip so uh, we started off in dry caving clothes, um, we changed the diving kit, then we changed back to dry caving clothes, then we changed the diving kit we changed back to diving clothes and so on Several, you know, it was about five times, well we changed four times we had five sets of gear to, yeah. throughout, throughout the cave system and obviously whenever we were changing that was a chance for us to sit down eat something, talk to people have a few refreshments um, yeah. before we go on again but yeah, yeah there was it was 17 and a half hours of, of hard work, um, it was, we traversed uh, just over, uh, well, yeah, close to well, 10 and a half kilometres, so 10 and a half kilometres right. of distance, um, yeah, with, I think it was 1.4 kilometres of that distance, uh, sorry, 2 kilometres of that distance was diving, so yeah, 8 kilometres of caving, 2 and a bit, 2k of, of diving, um and and the
1: people who started this in the sixties, are they still around?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they
1: they've now seen what they started now come to fruition and seen you do this and prove that that, that exists. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. It's, it's it?
2: been fantastic to be part of a project yeah. which has been a multi generational project, yeah. you know, for many, many mm-hmm. decades. Lots of cavers playing their part in digging these connections, diving these connections, yeah. and finally the chance to do this Grand Traverse. And I feel very privileged to have been able to do do the Grand Traverse. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't part of any of the original exploration. Many of it, sort of, a lot of it happened before I was caving, and cave diving. Um, but to be given the chance to actually do the Grand Traverse, yeah. and you know, very much standing on the shoulders of giants, you know, the original explorers who made this traverse yeah. possible. Yeah,
0: um, and it shows like. You know, under land, there's all this unknown, uncharted territory. It's a bit like the sea, isn't it? I suppose a lot of that
1: was caused by rivers, was it? Underground rivers? That's right, rivers, yeah. yeah.
2: So all of the caves uh, that form in limestone, they're formed by uh, water eroding yeah. uh, the limestone. So uh, somewhere nice and wet, like the UK, <laughs> uh, with lots of limestone, uh, creates lots of fantastic caves. But mm. you're, absolutely, you're following uh, the water uh, downstream, typically. Um, and the water will then come out of the bottom of bottom of the hillside uh, in what we call resurgences. So uh, yeah, you're following following rivers downstream, and those rivers are carving out those caves for us. Yeah. And that's
0: happening all the time over the years, over the yes, years, isn't it? over
2: millions and millions yes. of years. Uh, caves are, are still forming. So you know the caves are around us that we haven't yet explored,
1: yeah.
2: uh, still forming as they uh, as the water erodes. Are you seeing
1: any life when you're down there?
2: So most UK caves doesn't don't tend to have much life yeah. uh, you might find a few animals uh, near the surface so we do find lots of bats yeah. so bats typically um, hibernating um, in caves if they're hibernating we tend to stay away from those caves yeah mm-hmm. so bats are a protective species so um, we always avoid getting near to bats and avoid disturbing them yeah. um, but it's still not uncommon to come across a, a bat uh, kind of flapping around yeah. um, you might see the odd spider near the entrance um, so yeah, so not everyone's, no one's cup of tea. <laughs> like they the
0: like they're
2: fairly small spiders. Uh, you're not kind of, not you know, not kind of Indiana Jones going <laughs> no. through sheets How of cobweb cool or anything like that. How cool would
1: be down there and you come across a new species?
2: So so that does happen, you know, yeah. particularly in tropical climates yeah. where there can be a lot more life mm. uh, living underground. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, new species are discovered in caves. and There are of course cave adapted animals. Yeah. So animals that have evolved to live underground. Typically, as animals um, will actually have lost the use of their eyes, yeah. and they tend to be uh, white or kind of, uh, mm. yeah, kind of white. You know, yeah. uh, animals with no no pigment in their skin. So there are some incredible species that live underground. Just sadly, not many in the UK. No. Um, at least, not of any kind of size. Christina
1: Sonato, uh, she shared, I think just last week, uh, one of the cave systems that she was exploring. One of them fish, and it yeah. was white. And she said it's very rare to see that so deep. You normally see it a bit more near the entrance yep. of this cave, but that's gone down quite deep to where, where she was.
2: Yeah, exactly. so these animals obviously are traveling into the caves for for seeking out food sources, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, and, and then a cave ecosystem can develop, um, You know, where animals are feeling for each other, and actually life can then evolve to live there sort of permanently. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah it's really interesting. One of the things that she's shared with us was the use of technology. And uh, Christina's used this Nemo technology to map, geomap the uh, the caves as, as yeah. explores. You know.
2: Yeah. So the the basic cave surveying I described earlier with a you know a compass and a effectively a effective tape measure. Um. Yes, that has evolved. Um. So the compass and the tape measure uh, and the clinometer was the original version. Um. And then people have worked out that actually you can use a, um, particularly in dry caves you can use a a laser rangefinder. Yeah. And that will give you a a very accurate distance. So you just
0: like fire it. at the so other Then you can wall you, you can
2: fire it at the wall, gives mm-hmm. you a distance. Uh, you get a bearing, and you can get a, uh, an inclination. Um, so then you can use that, and then of course people have developed that technology further. You can use um, a kind of whether it's like a radar system. Um, or a sonar system you're underwater, obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. to then also measure distance as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and adding on to that, of course, now we've got accelerometers, all those fancy gadgets that are inside your phone that know which way your phone's facing. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the technology of accelerometers um, and gyros can be used to predict, uh, to tell a computer chip, uh, you know, which way a compass is facing, or and you know how fast it's moving. So yeah. it's there's exciting. lots of exciting developments happening in the world of technology and and cave mapping that should make that process of cave mapping a little bit easier. Do you easier get involved
1: plus. in bringing you know in any developments and things like that? Yeah.
2: So so I've I've uh, tended to stick to uh, Mitchell, traditional cave mapping <laughs> techniques. I'm always interested Cause you, in Because you
1: do you you use computers and things. Well I'm an IT
2: consultant. Yeah, you're right. So, you... so maybe I should be trying yeah. to develop those skills. I don't know. What I love about caving and cave diving is there's so many aspects to it. Um, and I suppose I Focused on doing the caving, doing the cave diving. I, I enjoy my filming. I enjoy taking a camera underground as well. Um, and I haven't really pursued uh, the kind of uh, the kind of cave surveying um, world. So, but you're obviously right. I mean, there's a there's another element to cave exploration which is surveying and I've got some friends who are absolutely passionate about the technology and developing that, that yeah, technology and building like, that up. So. Yeah,
0: it's like caving again, it's got lots of journeys where you can and yes. avenues where you can kind of like diving. Yes, it? exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah. The diving the diving or the caving is the kind of source of it, but then yeah, actually you add onto that all sorts of other interests, whether it be photography and filming. Mm-hmm. Just like you've got a diving and surveying and mapping and, and technology in the same way is just another avenue, another thing you can explore within the world of caving and cave yeah, diving. Yeah. Mm.
0: So we saw you. Were you involved in the James
1: Bond film?
2: So we saw you well, on the red carpet. Well, we got. I got to go to the premiere, yep. which was very flash, very <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So very lucky to to have done that. So I'm I'm not in the James Bond film. I just <laughs> was to make that very clear. Um, but MGM, who obviously make uh, make the Bond films, uh, MGM uh, is the film studio involved in the uh, the other filming projects uh, connected to the uh, the Thai cave rescue. Oh, yeah. So thirteen lives. Is Hollywood's treatment of the Thai cave rescue Uh, 13 lives um, was filmed earlier this year out in Australia Mm -hmm. and Rick and Jason were out in Australia um, on the film set sort of um, helping out consulting so I didn't get a chance to go to Australia I'm afraid (laughs) I was stuck in the UK um, but as a character I I feature uh, so a chap called Tom Bateman uh, an right. English actor plays me, yeah. and I got a chat, chance to do some Zoom chats with, with Tom and exchange some emails and things. So, um, and, and with the script, and yeah, you know, it's it's quite exciting. I that that name.
1: I'm trying to think what else he's been in. Why do I know that? You have, name? To,
2: look, you have to look him up. Yeah. yeah he's done a few, yeah, he's done some. Some pop, some popular things. He's he's definitely building his uh, his portfolio, and uh, yeah, I guess you know. this will help as well. will Well, it? Yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah, yeah this could, might be the thing that really launched him to be Hollywood A list, right? Material, yeah. Yeah. is
1: it a bit weird having somebody else play your role?
2: Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a bit weird. It's like? kind of, so I think it's interesting reading the script, and 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 obviously, if you're reading a script, what someone has tried to do is distill some of your character into that script, right? They've tried to, and maybe maybe therefore um not in a bad way but a little bit of a caricature of yeah. yourself right yeah. so you know, there isn't the time to develop the you know the depth of character that, that you know perhaps I think I've got so instead I suppose there's a shortcut caricature version of me yeah. um but that's okay I mean that's that's kind of interesting to see how I come across externally people are like, okay that's that's what they think of me that's kind of interesting
0: yeah so um, yeah it's interesting times having like two films like the the Nat Geo one come
2: out and then this one come out. So So we're really pleased that we're able to do both. Um, And that was arranged with the same producer. So that's kind of, that's what's made it possible really. To have a documentary which is you know that's us you know we're we're the ones on screen we're the ones telling the story in our own words yeah we're the ones doing the reenactments um for for the documentary so we know it is absolutely accurate and true to to the way in which it really was you know we're in the in the reenactments wearing the same kit we were wearing out in thailand you know um everything is extremely faithful um to, to how it really was and then I'm sure the Hollywood film will also be faithful, but we we know that's a fictionalisation. Yeah. It's gonna add some extra drama. They're gonna have you know made a few extra points out of the story, yeah. right? So we yeah, have, have to, to accept don't that, I guess. Yeah. Don't they? It, it, exactly. Yeah. Um, but also,
1: the Hollywood has got to go to follow the same lines, though, hasn't it? Yes, they've got to dra- dramatise uh, certain characters and things like that for Hollywood, you know, purposes. But also, it's got. Keep true as well. Uh, it's it's t- tough, so, tough lines.
2: So I mean, I, I read the script and I was pleased that you know the the core of the story is there. Maybe a few little embellishments that, that are necessary to kind of sell those tickets at the uh, you know the box office. The box office, thank you. But actually, yeah, the core of the story is is there, and and I think the characters are, you know we're not too dissimilar. Probably I'll say maybe caricature versions of ourselves. And the director Ron Howard, who made uh, Apollo 13, yeah, he's fantastic director, yeah. you know, and has done a great job in conveying, um, yeah, the drama and excitement um, and suspense. I think involved in the story, even though people know what happened, right? Yes, he's, yeah, they know the outcome. They they know know the so outcome. Yeah. 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 Um, but Ron Howard did a fantastic job with with mm. uh, Apollo 13. So, yeah, you know, I'm hopeful. I'm. Well, yeah, it's in safe hands. Really. I think it's very safe hands. Yeah.
0: So when does that actually come out for release? Is that this next year? So that's
2: going to be next year yeah. at some point. So I imagine it's going to be towards Easter time, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit longer. Um, we've learned that these things go into post-production for quite a while. So after the filming finishes, they can spend an awful long time you know, editing them and, and kind yeah. of adding special effects or whatever it is they need to add. So yeah, yeah. I think this thing will take a while to come out. Um, but we'll have that to look forward to at some point next year. Yeah, yeah. that's good.
0: So have you got any more films lined up?
2: <laughs> no, that's it. That's it. Um, <laughs> No, I think, um, and it's going to be—it's going to be great to see both those come out. Um, and I don't imagine—I mean, there's still interest in the Thai cave story, mm-hmm. and I imagine there will be continued interest even yeah. after both the movies come out. Although the story will be out there, and everyone will have sort of seen it and heard it. That's
1: going to bring it all up again. Well, I, it? I
2: think so. Yeah, so people will then want to come and talk to us about, you know, about that, yeah. um, about that story. But actually, I'd love the chance to do more um, filming work and the chance to. I've be been involved in other projects, yeah. and you know, although Wait, what? Cave re- something completely different. Uh, st- staying with cave exploration, I think there's lots of fantastic stories to be told about cave exploration in the UK and, and internationally. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, the uh, three counties system that I was talking about earlier—I yeah, mean, that's, that's a, nice, a multi-decade, multi-generational cave exploration story the story of lots of hard work digging and diving and finding caves under Yorkshire Dales yeah. finally to be able to put this Grand Traverse together yeah. um, so I, I, I find stories like that fascinating um, maybe it's not Hollywood material um, yeah, but, but I think exploration, it's interesting isn't it, it is. it's, yeah it's
0: involvement
1: and I've got a question for you about that <laughs> so Prince Charles was talking about why these billionaires are all like going well I've got a spaceship and that's, we're going to go into orbit Right? great but 95% of all the species are in the ocean right only 5% of the ocean has actually ever been explored yeah. right okay you might not be uh wanting to explore the ocean right but there's so much more of this planet that we don't know yeah. you know and only now with you know you, you're talking about the three counties cave system why is it, and what's your view on these billionaires wanting to go <laughs> round the globe and all that? When you know NASA and other agencies like China and that, and they're spending billions of dollars thinking about lining themselves up to go to Mars to explore Mars, when there's so much about this planet that we don't know. So, what, what's your view on
2: that? I, I think exploration is part of the kind of the essence of the human spirit. I'm quoting somebody there. But I think exploration, that drive to explore, is part of that human spirit. Mm. I think we look for opportunities to explore wherever we see them. Right? Haven't we
1: got to save this planet before we start exploring other planets?
2: Well, I think we should be saving this planet. I think that's probably a a separate, separate, (laughs) separate point. Absolutely, I think we need to be extremely careful and. Um, ecologically minded environmentally minded to make sure we protect this incredible resource that's this planet I mean yeah. racing off into space and then and, you look at it
0: from space <laughs> yeah racing
2: off into space look at it from the space to realise what, what we've done as, as a species to this planet That 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 that's extremely extremely troubling so but I don't think um, but I think in terms of exploration people are, are passionate about exploring and mapping and, and visiting places and so I hope that space exploration doesn't have to mean we stop exploring on planet earth yeah um and i hope and maybe space exploration will help us solve some of the challenges we face down here on, on, on planet earth but you're absolutely right we do need to appreciate what we've got here yeah um you know not simply look 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 to the stars
1: listen to what captain kirk said last week when he <laughs> went up and he said well wow, and he said that's so such a moving experience to look back at earth and see all its beauty and all on all that and he said that's such a moving thing why did it take to go out of space to then have that moving thing when we've kind of got all this on our doorstep we've
0: had people say that to and us
1: people like uh, the Am- Bezos and the Bransons and all these people have got so much money to to do this and use uh, fossil fuels and what have you to get out there When really we should be getting behind people like Self uh, Christina's, all these other explorers, to say right, let's find other stuff that maybe could help this planet, you know, and find out what's going on in the climate changes and stuff. Let's see. Well, you know, we've got COP26 what next week? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. And so,
0: yeah, it's all interesting stuff. Yeah. So, what's the future hold for you in the coming months?
2: In the in the coming months, uh, there's going to be a certain amount of uh, documentary premieres and yeah. maybe film premieres and red carpets. And going to still have a few red carpets, maybe. Um, I don't know. Um, so that's <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how the film lands and how yeah. successful it is. Um, an opportunity to go and talk to people about about the film. Um, we're also heading in towards the winter now, which isn't a great time to do lots of cave diving in the UK. So the rain um, that falls a lot uh, in the winter. Um, that does tend to destroy the visibility, and some of the caves will go into flood, so it'll make it hard for me to do a lot of the UK cave diving. I'm, I've got my all my fingers crossed. Uh, the next expedition to Mexico uh, in March, April uh, next year will wow. wow. happen, so I'm thinking about that, uh, and always thinking about you know more cave exploration uh, and the, the chance to go on expeditions and, and explore and visit other caves. So, so
1: winter time, you get your gear serviced and things like that.
2: W- winter time's a little bit of, of kind of prepping and servicing um trying to stay fit uh, there's a few projects that i can try and do in winter time as well so i always look for opportunities to do uh some extra you know extra kind of exploration work or you you know, cave digging dry, dry caves, okay, a lot a lot, nice yeah, stuff, a lot yeah a lot of dry caving can still happen yeah. um there's opportunities to do lots of cave digging mm. uh so you know joining joining teams and joining projects doing a bit of dry, dry, dry cave digging as well there's things on my doorstep right here um so yeah no the caving be very busy time for, for caving um, you know in winter as well. It doesn't doesn't none of, none of it stops. No, it sounds um, exciting. Yeah so. exactly. So is there anything about, about
1: you that people would be most surprised
2: about? Oh I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> well I think it's interesting my, my work colleagues used to be most surprised by the caving, right? Because yeah. mm. I talked about having these two different lives earlier, you know, very much you know um, my kind of work life, my kind of corporate life, being involved in the you know a large successful company working in IT. Um, but of course, now they all know about it because of the Thai cave rescue. <laughs> so actually, they're not so surprised about it now. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe it's that. Maybe it's the fact that I I think I managed to combine these. So these they probably two see things you together. at your
1: computer, quiet, getting on with your work. Yeah. You what did you know? do at the
0: weekend?
1: And, uh, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, what do you do? Well, I was down exploring this three county cave system, yeah. and, that. and and that's not something that everyone does, is As face as it, very, you you're one of the very few in the whole country as it can do. And um, it's got the the mindset to do it as well, and uh, you know, so yeah, it's, it probably will blow people away who, who know you at work, and then it's like, wow, yeah. you know, that's amazing. That's, You've got you, that other life that goes yes, on. Yes,
2: that's probably isn't it. Yeah, and you said a very interesting thing then about the mindset. I think that's probably the yeah. most important thing. Um, there are lots of very talented cavers, lots of very talented divers, talented cave divers. Um, but there's a something about having the mindset, um, being quite obsessive, um, being quite determined mm. um, to try and to try and do these things. Um, and sometimes... Uh, stubbornness. And, uh, stubbornness, that's a good word. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah stu- stubbornness, which uh, means that you're prepared to, on a cold, rainy day, go out to the garage and mess around with your, with your diving yeah. kit. But on yeah. a cold, rainy day, you're prepared to go to your local dive site to go for one dive. And, um, you know, a lot of the time, uh, cave and cave diving and regular diving, right? It's just a lot of hard work for a precious few moments underwater. Yeah. And we all so where, understand where, that. Who do
1: you think you take after?
2: In terms of what might Well, you,
1: I take it so your parent if your parents went into diving. No, you, my parents where, Where's this come from? I do you don't think know. you've got a distant know. relative? Was there anything Maybe. that just
0: kind of triggered you? Well, was it just your diving career or something? That must have made you want to go into a cave. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm not sure where where it comes from. So I can't of... I can't trace it back to to any family that I know that were yeah. into cave and cave diving. But maybe there's something there in terms of a, a bit of resilience, a bit of toughness, a bit of stubbornness yeah. to want to do these things, um, and the ability to ask yourself, why not? Yeah. Uh, which I think is an important question. I you think well, that's why the why thing. Isn't it? Why you know... can't I go here? Why can't I do these things? What does it take to do these things? And then once you understand what you think it takes. Are you prepared to go go the distance? Are you prepared to commit to it and keep going away at it? And actually, mm. most of the time, cave and cave diving is is just lots of hard work without the glamour, without the excitement. You know, if you're into chasing glamour, if you're into I don't know likes on Facebook and uh, you know and, and the kind of instant um, gratification, um, then the sport of cave diving isn't isn't there, right? Isn't isn't for you. It's actually yeah. a lot of, a lot of a lot of dull work. Um, it's personal isn't it it's It's personal satisfaction exactly and you know a lot of these expeditions that we go on just involve hard work for months and months at a time and and sometimes we're lucky to find and map and explore caves Um, you know and then we get to you know maybe do a magazine article or whatever about it but behind it is a lot of hard work for sometimes a few Minutes or few meters of new, newfound cave or a new laid line. Um, yeah, but
0: what that gives you and make, how it makes you feel must be, you know,
2: it's sense amazing. of incredible yeah. sense of satisfaction and personal reward. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, it's fair.
1: Do, it does take motivation, definitely. Like, you know, not to your level, but uh, I know from on a, on the like uh, fitness side of things, you know, do uh, regular Crossfits and things like that and you think, well, I've got, just got to chip away at this, chip away doing that. You, you, you're you doing that to a higher level. You know, I can imagine, you know, trying to get those boys out of that cave system over such a long distance. You, you know, it's been easy in the world to say, "I'm just, you know, enough of this. I can't do it. Yeah. But, you know, you would. Have, I'm pretty sure you would have been telling yourself, you know, got to do this and keep motivated. And, you know, you've got that, that, that end goal in sight, you know. And um it must have been a you know, a hell of a thing to do to well, you're try dealing with life, you? It? are, but you are yeah. keeping that motivation going, you know.
2: Yeah, I think I've been lucky that I've always been very self motivated, always been very goal focused, um, yeah, and always, yeah, quite a, you know, a, obsessive obsessive and passionate yeah. a, a, about yeah. Cave and Cave doing Great and things that, and come that out of it. Motivation it has, has carried me through. Um and you're able to dig into those reserves of motivation in, in difficult times like Entirely. So if you
1: hadn't done that cadet thing, what do you think you would have done?
2: I don't know. I've, I'd like to think I'd eventually have discovered caving <laughs> and cave diving and end up in the same place. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I there are there are moments when you're doing the sport that you love and you think this is me. This is this is what I was made for. And, mm-hmm. I, and I you know and I think I haven't have those moments in caveing, cave dive, and cave diving. I think this is it. This is yeah. this is what I was put here to do. Um, well, having you know, a feeling
0: like that is really special because. Yeah. You don't want to have any doubts that you should have gone down that road, or but yeah. you know that yeah, yeah, I feel kind of
2: soul's fulfilled. Yeah. The the two the two sports combine two things that I appear to have a natural aptitude for. Mm. Combines them in a, in, a, in a in a you know in an ideal route, um, and so yeah, quite often think you know what yeah this is this is me. I can't I can't think of another sport, another passion, another thing that would click quite so well, and you know as well as physically doing the sport, the logistics, the planning, the community. Um, I've always clicked with the community of cavers and cave divers, always been my kind of people um yeah so that's all it's all worked
1: so we won't be seeing you on a golfing pitch with a golf bat and no swing, exactly like, um, Anytime unlikely. soon. Yeah, I, you know i did thank play, goodness
2: there you go i did play a little bit of golf when i was uh <laughs> when i was younger there you go that's an that's an interesting thing you wouldn't have thought about me <laughs> Is it's golf that i interesting? can i can swing a, uh, a <laughs> I can swing a golf club and probably hit a golf ball uh, although i haven't hit one for a very long time yeah probably, was, much. probably about Probably about 15, 20 years ago since I, I, I last swung a, <laughs> a golf club. Isn't that the beauty of
1: diving? <laughs> we say it time and time again. Once you start diving, and you you're proof of this again, you know you don't know where it's going to take you. Yeah. You don't yeah. know. You, you just got to go with yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. You think you're going to go down one route, you know, going down the instructor route, and all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm going to go down this yeah, route. You've got to have and a I'll, limitless And look I Ted taking, you know. Limit, yeah. Yeah, that's and here little... you are in the big scuba uh, yeah. nugget. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Game over. You've you reached the pinnacle. reached pinnacle, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> On the seat
0: in the nugget. There we go.
1: <laughs> so, we've got three questions for you, okay? Uh, if you could take three people diving, and it could be anyone from history, could, could be cave be,
0: diving as well. Could be
1: t- yeah, what, what? Could be cave diving, but you're going to take them diving, all right? But you could take three people either from history, your family, whoever. Who would you take and why?
2: Oh, that's really interesting. I, I'm going to struggle to come up with with three, but I've got two two that two that come to to my mind. Yeah. Um, the first um, is someone who's who's still around. Uh, doesn't doesn't dive anymore, but um, chat called Jeff Yeadon who is a uh, world record-breaking cave diver who lives up in the Yorkshire Dales fantastic uh, pioneer um, explorer um, who's actually instrumental in doing one of the several connections that are part of the Three Counties Cave System okay Um, and Jeff had stopped diving well before the time that I took up uh, cave diving so I've never had the chance to to dive with Jeff Um, I think he is Absolutely inspirational. He's still out, uh it's over 17 now, still out cave digging wow. uh most weeks. Um so I think he's an inspirational character and I'd love the chance to go diving with Jeff. I don't think I'd take him diving. I mean, you know, what a fantastic pioneer uh cave diver with a chance to go cave diving with Jeff Eden. Um yeah, that would be that would be incredible. Um so so yeah, That so that's somebody that um that I'd love to be underwater with. And then um a very different answer, maybe a slightly personal answer. So I think you know you said I maybe wouldn't have thought this, but you said, you know, people people from my family. Um, and um, it's been uh, many years since my grandfather passed away. Um, but the chance to go back in time and dive with somebody like my grandfather, I think, yeah. would be, be interesting. I don't know if he'd be interested in diving, I don't know what would think of it, <laughs> um, but the chance to go back and connect with, with, with somebody, yeah. um, somebody like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think in, interesting things we have to share the sportly the love and the passion uh, and see um, how it would... You know, them and, and you know what what they would think of this yeah. this world so. Uh, yes that's kind of cool um and i'm hoping well I've, i' know for sure may my parents are gonna gonna see the um the rescue documentary yeah uh they 've wow. seen some of the cave diving footage and films that I have shot before, so hopefully they know what what it 's like they ever to go, I do
1: Does your mum ever go don't do any more caving
2: um they always advise me to be very careful yeah um so, so yeah and yeah, and actually b- both both my parents enjoy a little bit of snorkeling oh, cool. um so they do have a bit of an idea of what it 's like underwater, but i don 't think diving's diving's for them, uh, but they have a bit of an idea. Yeah. Um, for the snorkeling and you know looking at looking that's at funny. um you know beautiful under the sea uh, scenery and stuff yeah yeah, yeah that's
0: good yeah. so if you outside of cave diving if you could go on a liverboard anywhere okay. where would you choose to take your liverboard oh crikey and why
2: so you know but that's my problem so I'm obsessed with cave diving so <laughs> it has to be somewhere where I think I could do some do some cave diving so. I'd probably try, and I don't know if you want to do it in the Liverpool, but I'd probably be tempted to go somewhere in the Bahamas, I think. Mm. You know, some yeah. of the blue holes of the Bahamas. Well, you could
0: have a tour around. Uh, we have maybe. a tour around, okay. there you go, yeah. there you yeah.
2: go. Uh, a chance to see the caves there, um, which are spectacular from, according to all the photos that I've seen, I'm, I'm sure they're as, as good in, re- in real life as they are um, you know, on the telly and in photos. So yeah, as a cave diving de- 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 destination, as a holiday cave diving yeah. destination, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I'd probably have to put the Bahamas up there as on my on my bucket list, um, and probably not long after that would probably be the Yucatan Peninsula and Mexico as kind of mm-hmm. holiday cave diving destinations. Yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. So um, diving wrecks or penetrating wrecks is that not really?
2: You know, it's interesting. So um, it's not something I've done really. It's not something I've, I've, I've um, had the opportunity to do much of. Um, But I was, um, earlier this year, I went to Scapa Flow, first time I've been to Scapa Flow, which I know lots of divers listen to this who have been to Scapa Flow Mm. and know all about it and probably been dozens of times. Um, But I had the chance to go up to Scapa Flow and I thought, why not? You know, um, it's a great, great opportunity to go up there. I went up with a group of uh, mostly cave divers, people (laughs) people from the cave diving (laughs) group in the UK who'd um, organised a trip. And I remember getting down to these wrecks and being really interested and sort of, part of me wanted to go inside and go a little bit further and I was just like, hang on. And I was just remembering, I was thinking, hang on a second. It's all very well to be confident in your ability cave diving, yeah. but this yeah. is a very different environment, right? And I actually looked at these wrecks and I thought, okay, there's bits of 100 year old rusting metal here. Um, I haven't have them got a- down, Some are they? upside so down. upside well, down, a lot of them upside so down, yeah. yeah. I haven't got a lime reel, you know. This, and this isn't the environment which I am trained for. This no, isn't the yeah. environment which I've spent time, you know, familiar, familiarizing myself with. Um, yeah. It would be arrogant of me to actually think that just because I can go in caves, I can dive in the in the, in these wrecks, mm, you know. Yeah. So actually, I held back. I enjoyed the beautiful vista of seeing these wrecks from the outside. I might, poke, you know, stop my head in a few corners and yeah. stuff, but I wasn't wasn't trying to um, prove a point. I wasn't trying to, you know, go deep inside these wrecks because I'm a cave diver. Yeah. Actually, you know what? No know, know your limits know what you are trained and experienced to do, Yeah. Mm. Um, and you know what, maybe you, I, I will at some point do some some more wreck diving and go with some people who are experienced wreck divers yes. and learn yeah. from them, yeah. you know, that's, that's important, right, within yeah. the... Well arrogant
1: divers point. normally end up in trouble, well, because exactly. you know, so... Uh, yeah. And it's about got to knowing
0: say, your limits, isn't
2: it? Knowing yes. your, yeah. your own training and realising that not every skill is transferable, cave mm. diving doesn't necessarily transfer to wreck diving, and vice versa, right, mm. they're different environments. Yeah, and, and that's, that's what people you said to you as well.
1: Yeah, you, yeah. Know.
0: you know your limits and you stick to your limits and take your time and only do what you're comfortable doing. Yeah. Which yeah. yeah, yeah. you'll stick to.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, last question. Okay. Uh, if you've got a billboard and you could put a message, a photo, uh, an image, a statement, whatever you like, but that message would go out to the world, what would you put on it and why?
2: okay so I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of text and but I just give you the context of this text, I, I, like, I like this text. Um, so there's a, a cave in South Wales called Ogof Darin Keelau and it's got a, a lot of crawling in the entrance so it puts a lot of people off um, but it's then a beautiful cave fantastic big cave um, huge passages some of the biggest passages I think probably the biggest uh, passage uh, in the UK um, And um, people go underground in Darren Kilo for long, long trips. Mm. And um, quite often, people sleep in the cave. We actually camp underground, right? And uh, to reach the furthest campsite, uh, you have to crawl through um, some kind of low sandy crawls. And as you're crawling along, and usually very tired at this point, and you're usually asking yourself, why am I doing this? (laughs) (laughs) Why am I doing this? I'm really tired, I'm crawling in (laughs) sand. It feels, sometimes it's late in the evening, it might be midnight, and I, what, what am I doing with so my? So you're
0: literally like almost pinned. Yeah, between, almost.
2: Yeah, uh, belly crawling, God. and you're thinking, what am I doing in my life? Why am I doing this? Usually a, fri- <laughs> it's usually a Friday. It can be a Friday evening, right? All your mates are in the pub, and you're thinking, this is what I do on a Friday evening. What's, yeah. Anyway, and the sign you crawl past it just says, why be normal? Question <laughs> mark. Why be normal? So yeah. that would be my billboard, right? Why be normal, why be normal right? Normal. normal and a normal meaning. You know, why is the why is there a pressure to conform? yeah yes. Okay. Actually, why why be normal? What is what is normal? Yeah. And actually, we should, I suppose, therefore, celebrate the diversity. Celebrate the fact that people have different passions, obsessions, hobbies, come from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. We should celebrate that diversity, diversity of a background as well as diversity of passions and 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 life and, and loves and things that we choose. Right, so. Why be normal, that's right? Brilliant. Why conform? Would be my thought statement.
0: Yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah, why be normal? It that's is, awesome. and, and if, what is normal? Yeah,
2: exactly. No. But if we exactly. all were normal, we would
1: all still be living in caves <laughs> and uh, rubbing bits of wood together <laughs> <laughs> to, to keep warm. Exactly. exactly. Yeah,
0: no, that's a very good answer. It is. Yeah, yeah I like that, that one. Yeah. 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 No, no. Thank brilliant. you very much for yeah being our podcast guest. You're so, if people want to find more about you where would they be
2: best to go to? So they can find me on Facebook or they can go onto YouTube. I've got lots of videos up on YouTube. So yeah, go and search me out on YouTube with my suggestion. Uh, You'll get to hear and see me um, (laughs) talking about, and you'll get to see cave diving, (laughs) exactly. See UK cave diving, hear me talk about UK cave diving uh, and what it's like. Um, Yeah, so go onto YouTube I reckon.
1: Goats are running around here everywhere. Yeah. We're in a popular spot for goats are cheap. We are. <laughs> but it's been brilliant and I want to say thank you very much for giving us you know, a bit of your time on a Sunday morning uh, to come and talk to us about this because you know it's brilliant.
0: First guest yeah. on vacation It well. is, yeah, <laughs> we are
1: first guest. Fantastic, thank you very much. Yeah, that great. That's great. That's Okay, so welcome back and uh, firstly thank you very much to Chris for Taking part in that interview and uh, come give up his Sunday morning to come talk to us in the nugget we halfway hide. up the mountain. We hijacked. I know, that's what it kind of looked like. The like, sliding, sliding doors. doors were open, privacy bundled, glass. <laughs> glass Christmas bundled in and off we went. <laughs> yeah,
0: but we, we delivered him safely back
1: home. We did. So uh, I want to say thank you very much to Chris and that, that was really great. Um, you know, brilliant. Uh, you know, it's really great you know, hearing about his views on yeah. things, especially when it comes to safety, no surprise, yeah. really. You know, um, yeah. when you listen, no really surprise.
0: interesting guy. Yeah,
1: yeah, and um, you know, hopefully we can dial back with Chris at some later date, yeah, in the future. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing the films So,
0: yeah, I am too. Yep, yep. So thank you to Chris.
1: Yeah, let's know what you think. You know, uh, let's. Send us your comments, send us your feedback, and uh, you know, and it's always good to hear what our listener thinks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: We absolutely. try and uh, you know uh, alter things or change things if things need.
0: Yeah, right? we like your feedback. So yes, let we us know do. Yeah. So but uh, that's really... who forgot coming up next.
1: Sam from c Space, I believe.
0: Yeah, well, she's called Sam c Space on her Instagram account. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. So, gonna you know, tell us all about herself.
1: Works for Microsoft. Um and also she is got a keen interest in space,
0: Yes, yeah, and she's a diver.
1: Diver, yeah, yeah, loves diving.
0: And she's got a bit of an interest in ocean um conservation as well. Yes. So she does like plastic uh beach cleans. So yeah. we're gonna hear about her um story really.
1: Yeah, she's based in New York in the Big Apple.
0: Yeah, yeah, so a bit New of a metropolis.
1: New York. So uh, yeah. Um so uh That'll be a really good conversation. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, really good. Yeah. That will be episode 98.
1: Yeah. So, um, things to remember. Don't forget to leave us a review. Don't forget to subscribe. Give us your feedback. Give us your comments. We'd like to hear. If you do want to support us, there is a Patreon site. Go there. Um, there's different levels, but, you know, a free way you can support us by subscribing and leaving us a review. Uh, we welcome anything you can do that'd be brilliant
0: yeah so yeah
1: good contact. thanks to honey for sticking with us and doing your video in today and uh, uh helping us with recording
0: yeah big help
1: yeah that was really good Thank oh, team. hello to harvey as well but, uh, say hello to half not here and uh that's it from the big scuba podcast i believe
0: yeah so it is so will look oh no
1: it's not hold on because we need to just remind you there is tickets for our Liverboard in October yes. next year. So you've got a year. Don't leave it too late. It's getting booked up. So if you want to go on a Liverboard with the Blue O2, join us in October. It's only available that week with us on the Blue O2. You need to go to blueo2.com to book up or phone them up.
0: Yeah, you All need right. to phone them up or e- email them because it's not, ex- it's not on public. Um, it's not, no. No. So no, it's exclusive to the Big scuba. It podcast. will be,
1: and there'll be lots of bits and pieces on there, so look out for that. Uh, there'll be more about that coming soon. But right now, that was Big Scuba. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast. We are not affiliated with any agency or organisation and all opinions expressed in this episode are our own and those of our guests. If you wish to make any comments about this episode, then please do contact us via email or our social media platforms that are listed in the episode show notes. Alternatively, you can send us a message or voice message via WhatsApp on the Big Scuba phone, and the number is plus four four seven eight one zero. 005924. We will always respond promptly and thank you once again for downloading this episode.